privilege. What a day, what an honor, what a privilege to be able to stand before you in Jesus' name, knowing that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Well, we're going to jump right in because we have a lot to cover tonight. So get, get your, well, first and foremost, welcome to Ignite. My name is Apostle Milton Jones. On behalf of Minister Jewin and the entire Ignite Nation, we want to welcome you to our broadcast where Jesus is Lord, and our, our goal is always to help you to know God, to discover your purpose, to uh, ignite your generation, and is also to help you help ignite life, purpose, and identity within this generation in Jesus' name. Now, we're going to make this declaration, and we're going to jump right in in the name of Jesus. He says this. He says, in accordance to Isaiah 61, he says, make this declaration. He says, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the seed right there. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he, ha he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. He has sent me to, to preach, the, to proclaim the opening of the prison to them that which are bound. He has sent me to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God and to comfort all who mourn, and to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of jewel for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that he may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. He also says, and they, talking about the ones who the spirit of the Lord is upon, they shall build up the old waste, and they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise, and thank you for this opportunity in your word. We thank you, Father, that our preaching and teaching will not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but Father, let it be in demonstration of spirit and power. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. You are already here. Move up and down each and every seat. Touch each and every household. Teach, go across the airways. Touch right now. What a fresh touch. Touch with a fresh and filling. Touch. With, with love and compassion. Touch with healing right now in the name of Jesus from the crown of their heads to the soles of their feet. Touch, Father God, every wound, every heart, hurting heart, every broken hearted, every wounded person. Touch the afflicted. Touch the addicted. Touch the downhearted. Touch right now in Jesus' name. With thanksgiving, we pray. Amen. We're going to jump right into it. God says, he says, if you stretch forth your hands right now, stretch forth your hands. He says he wants to give you a fresh touch, a fresh touch of the anointing, a fresh touch of grace, a fresh touch of compassion, a fresh touch of mercy, a fresh touch of self-control, a fresh touch of his goodness for his mercies are new every morning touch in the name of Jesus. He said, there's warmth running from the crown of your head all the way down your neck, all the way over your shoulders, all the way through your back, all the way through your organs, your stomach, all the way in your core, down your lower extremities, into your knees, into your ankles, into your toes, healing, touching, reconstructing, reestablishing whatever's been lost. He says, I'm here to touch today. I'm here to heal today. I'm here to deliver today. I'm here to set free today. I'm here to make whole today in Jesus name. Now receive 
whatever you need from him today. Receive whatever you need from him today. In Jesus' holy and majestic name. Amen. See, the thing about it is with God is, see, we are men and women of God, but we are, we are sons of God when you take on the nature of God. A lot of people say we're all children of God, and that's not a correct statement. You all have been created by God, but you are, we are not all children of God. He says, and how do you know you're not a child of God? Well, it says, Jesus said it. Well, John said in John chapter, Gospel of John, verse 1, he says in verse 12, he says, as many as believed on his name, believed on the name of Jesus, they received the power in order to become children of God. So until you have received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you are a create a creature of God, one God has created, but you have not become a child of God until you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. How do you, what's the difference between a child and a son? Romans chapter eight says a son, as many as are led by the spirit of God, they have become sons of God. Sons of God are, are those who they have already become children of God, but they have begun to take on the very nature of their, of their father. They're walking like him. They're talking like him. They're being led by the Holy Spirit, just like Jesus did. Jesus was the son of God. He was the son of man, and he was led by God. He was led by the Holy Spirit. And God is calling for the people to, to come back under that today, and we're going to get into that today. Now, if I was to give this message a title, well, don't give it yet. I'm going to read this word of the Lord. No, give the title first. If I was to give this a title, the title of this message would be, you've been served you've been served and a lot of times when you think about you hear that term you've been served you're talking about you know from the court system you get a subpoena and you know that you're supposed to appear as a witness or you're supposed to appear at court or whatever the case may be but he but what they do is they give you a subpoena and if they can't get it to you you won't pick it up you won't answer your phone you send them the voicemail they will bring it to your house and they will serve you notice that hey you have you are either one you've been served to appear in court or two you've been served an eviction notice but today you've been served because we're going to issue some eviction notices in the name of Jesus up in here up in here up in here now where the Lord came today this is what he said he says who is Paul or who is Moses or who is David or who is Donald Trump but men I've used for a purpose and a time to carry out an assignment I've given them but they are not nor will they ever be the Messiah for there is only one of those and his name is Jesus Christ anytime you put more faith and trust in a man more than you do me you've gotten off into idolatry unaware even when you take the word of a man over the word of God if my word says one thing and you believe something else because man says so you're in unbelief and my word is of no effect in your life for you hold the beliefs and traditions of man higher than the word of God in these last days is vital to make sure you know what my word says for yourself, which means you have to read it for yourself and 
study it to make sure you're reading it in proper context. You can't pick and choose what you believe and expect to get my results from it. You're part of my ecclesia, which means you're responsible for establishing the purposes and desires of the government of heaven on earth. You have lost your first love, but if you will repent and turn back to me, I will restore unto you the years you have lost and redeem the time, says the Lord of hosts. Soon and very soon, I will be returning and I'm coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. So prepare the people for my return, for it is closer than what you think. A lot of times what happens is, he says it is a lot closer than what you think. Sometimes people believe that we got all the time in the world, we can do whatever we want, and God is telling us, hey man, this thing is, a, the, the wrap up on this thing is a lot closer than what it is that you think. And, and you can either do one or two things with that. You can get mad or you can get glad. I choose to get glad about that. And the reason being is this, the, the last days began the moment that Jesus ascended back into heaven after he went to the cross. And that was over 2,000 over 2, years ago. So we are later in the last days than we were when Jesus left. And when Paul was writing and when Jesus is writing all these messages about what's gonna happen in the end time, there was a part that he wrote, he wrote about, he spoke about, and we're gonna get into that today in the name of Jesus. You've been served. That's the title of this. You've been served. Now, some people ask the question, why the word of the Lord? Why do you, why do you share the word of the Lord? Well, I'm going to share with you why we share the word of the Lord. And according to Matthew chapter 10, verse 26, he says this. He says, therefore, do not fear them, for there is nothing concealed that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the darkness, speak in the light. And what you hear whispered in your ear, proclaim upon the housetops. So whenever God gives me a word or he gives me instructions, this is what I want you to share with my people. This is the word I want you to share with them. It's because he has said something in the dark and my responsibility is to speak it in the light. Or he has whispered it in my ear and my responsibility is to proclaim it on the housetop. Why? Because there's nothing concealed that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be made known. And many people, when they hear that statement, they think it's great when it's talking about everybody else, but nobody wants to hear it when it's talking about them. I don't know anybody said, man, put my, put my stuff. Well, see, this is the thing about God. God doesn't put your business out there. What happens is God, when there's an issue, God comes to you and he's talking to you and he's dealing with you and, he, and he's having somebody ministered across the pulpit or you might hear it in a podcast or you might see it on a broadcast or you might see it in a television program or he might send a stranger by and speak something about your situation about your circumstance but if you will not turn that he will even take a moment like this and make a declaration across the pulpit across the airways to warn you to let you know or to exalt you or encourage you hey because in all of it there's always this is the great this is the thing that needs to be adjusted this is what will happen as a result of you making adjustments and everything. It always comes down to God loves you. How do you know that? Proverbs chapter three, 
says this, and I'm reading out of the Passion Translated, Proverbs chapter three, verse 11. He says, my child, when the Lord God speaks to you, never take his words lightly and never be upset when he corrects you. Why not get upset when the father corrects you? For the father disciplines or corrects. Discipline comes only from the passionate love and pleasure for you. So the reason why God sends his word to correct, to show you where to make adjustments at, is because as a result of his passionate love for you and towards you. He says, even when it seems like the correction is harsh, it's still better than any father on earth is able to give this child. See, whenever you, whenever a pastor ever gets a message, he's, he's gonna get it, well, for me, since I've been in ministry and some, a lot of my other friends, since they've been in ministry, I get messages one of three ways or sometimes all three of them. I get the message will come either by inspiration. I'm inspired to share something. I may get a revelation. I may be studying and, he, and I get a revelation. All of a sudden he said, okay, I want you to go and reveal that to my people. And he says, and then there's observation. Observation is when, hey, you're watching a congregation, you're watching things that's going on, and the father says, hey, I want you to go minister about that. Or you might go back to the father and be like, Lord, all these things is going on. What in the world is going on? And I'll be 100% transparent with you. I had one of those, Lord, what in the world is going on moments uh, uh, last week? And I'm like... Lord, we share this message, and this, this, this was some of the res responses and the results of it and everything, Father. What in the world is going on? And then probably I would say I prayed about it on Saturday night. I, I woke up praying about it on Sunday morning, and I'm praying. I'm praying for the congregations, and I'm praying for the body of Christ. And, I'm, and then first, what you got to do, you got to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. So when you're quick to listen, you're going to be quick to listen to what it is people really say. Then you're going to, which will take, tend to tailor what it is, what your response is, and will also reduce people getting angry. But also in that, when you are quick to listen to God, to the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, it's slower what you will, how you will respond and say. And what do we start doing? When I felt the way, Father, I pray for those individuals. I ask you to forgive them. Father, forgive me if I said I did anything. Father, whatever the case may be, Father, and you're praying for individuals. Why? Because you love them just like God loves them. And how do you, why do you know God loves them? Because if you didn't care nothing about it, it wouldn't phase you at all. Because you love the people and you can see the direction they're going, you want to get before God. God, what, what do you need me? What is my part? And he says, go to the book of Revelation and I'm going to show you what's going on. I'm going to show you what's going on in churches across the world right now. And when you hear this, have I, it's happened in this house. It's happened in some of our friends' house. It's happened in other pastors around the city, around this nation, people in the States, whether you're, it does not matter what denomination you're on, people across the world, this is happening in the church today. If you go to the book of Revelation and you read where John is getting revelation about the letters to the seven churches, 
in that those letters, you if you really got honest with yourself, you're going to find out exactly where you're at. But don't go to God and ask him that question if you are not prepared for what it is that he's going to say. And I'm going to share with you what he said. And, and then we're going to we're going to go through it tonight. So buckle up, buttercup, because I'm telling you, this is not a dessert message at all. But I tell you what, if you if you get to the end, it will be a worth you showing up and combing your hair. Jesus is, a, is addressing the church here in Revelation chapter two, verse number 18. I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible, and it reads as follows. It says, and the angel of the Lord of the church in the Thyatira write, this is Jesus talking to, right, talking to John, right, the son of God who has eyes like flames of fire and his feet are like burnished bronze say this i know your deeds and your love and faith and service and perseverance and your deeds so what is he doing he is exhorting them hey i know your that you have deeds i know i know your love i know your faith i know your service and your perseverance and most people will stop right there Woo yeah i got it going on like popcorn man I'm, I'm all that in a bag of chips but let me let me slow your roll and he says and your deeds your works of late are greater than at the first so that, that sounds pretty good that's pretty good he says but i have this against you i have this against you that you tolerate Hold up. You tolerate? What's another word for tolerate? You allow. You allow the woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet. Now, it didn't say God called her a prophet. It did not say she was ordained to be a prophetess. It says she has called herself a prophetess. And so she, you tolerating her, she's called self-proclaimed herself as a prophet. She is teaching and leading my bond servants astray, or she's leading it. God, Jesus, the way he said, God said this, he says, they are leading my people into error. So that they may commit acts of immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. He says, I gave her time to repent and she does not want to repent. He goes on to say, of her immorality, behold, I will throw her on a bed of sickness and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent. So did he, even though they, they had good works, even though they had love, even though they had faith, even though they had service, even though they had perseverance, even though they had these at the latter greater than the first, they had allowed Jezebel Two, they'd allowed her, who, who's a self-proclaimed prophetess, to come in and teach them and lead them astray and lead them into error. And they begin to do all kinds of things that they had no business doing. And God, even though she was doing all those things, God gave her a space of time or a period of time to repent. But she would not. Can I tell you that? I've seen it personally. 
I've seen it in my own church that people have done that. Jezebel showed up when we one of the one of the things about when you are when you are first, uh, early church and you're a plant you're gonna see Jezebel come out the uh, the woodworks because they're assuming you're a new church you don't know anything I'll slide in I'll get close to you and I'll be able to steer you in the way that I want you to go but if you are a righteous leader one who operates in the authority given to him by Almighty God you and and you're sensitive you will be able to sniff her out. But Jezebel, ladies, let me help you. Jezebel is not just a female. And I've seen, Je when we've seen Jezebel, we've seen Je Jezebel come in a female and a male form. Jezebel is either, you're either influenced by the spirit of Jezebel or you're being led by the spirit of Jezebel. It is a spirit. So don't get twisted. Don't be like, oh, well, Jezebel is that one with the, with the lipstick on, with the tight skirt. No, 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 no. Jezebel wears a business suit just like you. Jezebel can, Jezebel can have a beard and all that other good stuff. Jezebel is it's a spirit. But Jezebel is not just Jezebel, because I'm, I'm going to show you some other people who Jezebel has been running in company with. But he warned this church, but he told him, but if you will repent, or if you heed this warning I'm giving you, and you repent and turn, repent means you heard the word and you made a decision to turn what does that mean you stop allowing her to lead you in the era you stop allowing this self-proclaimed person to go about we had one of those in canada this, this lady called herself a self-proclaimed queen of canada jezebel she's led by jezebel spirit and believers are hoodwinked and think that she's the she is the one god's going to use but she never says anything about jesus at all unless it fits her need. Hoodwink, blinded, because they are so seduced by it, because it sounds great, but it's not God at all. Yes, I said it. She is not who God is going to use in his last move. She is not who God is leading, using right now. I don't care what she says, because someone in our congregation went down there and talked to her. And I said, when I, they came to talk about, they went to go talk to her. I said, ask her this one question. Once you ask her this one question, it's going to tell you everything you need to know. They said, what's the one question? Ask her, is Jesus Lord? Just answer that question. Just ask her that one question. And when they went back and asked that individual that one question, this is what they said. Oh, we don't do religion like that. It's not about religion. People can believe what it is that whatever they want to believe. It's like, she never said it? No, she is not the one. I knew that before you started talking to me about it, and the mere fact that you let her hoodwink you to thinking she was right, then it, what, what the spirit of Jezebel does is it will reveal what's really going on with the people in the congregation, what's really going on with people in your house, what's really going on with people on your job, what's really going on with people in your government and in your community. Because it's in government, you got spirit of Jezebel in government. You got spirit of Jezebel standing behind pulpits who want to rule and dominate over people. We don't do that. Our thing is this, give you the word. If you make a decision that you want to go against the word, go right ahead. I will pray for you. I will stand with you. But if you cut the fool, and we've had Jezebel show up before, and Jezebel got upset 
And Jezebel walked out the door. Why? Because she could not get her way. And we warned everybody else in the congregation, stay away from her. God always warns. Jude chapter one, God always warns. He always, 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 always warns. Jude chapter one, verse one says this. As you are, Jude chapter, Jude, verse number 11 says this, glory to God. Am I upset? I'm not upset at all. I don't tolerate Jezebel at all, the spirit of Jezebel at all. I love the person, but I am harsh with the spirit. I have no pity on the spirit at all. But if the person generally repent for real, for real, they welcome. But as long as they got the Jezebel spirit and these other spirits we're going to talk about, we will sh show you exit stage right. Let's talk about it. Jude verse 11 says this, woe to them for they have gone the way of Cain. But what did, what did Cain do? Cain had the spirit of murder. He was the first one who killed his brother Abel. And for pay, they have rushed headlong into the era of Balaam. What did Balaam do? Balaam was, was, was a fallen prophet who sold out, sold out for money. And they also perished in rebellion with Korah. Korah operated in the spirit of rebellion. So here you have the spirit of murder. You have one who's operated in, 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 out of the, the um, uh, money. And you also have one who was operating in rebellion. Korah operated in rebellion. Can I tell you something else? When, Je when Jezebel showed, popped her face up because she kind of peeped the head up and then she went back down and then she peeked her head up again. But when she peeked her head up this time, she got spotted. And when she was spotted, when we seen her the first time, we began to pray for her that she would repent, but she would not. Then she popped her head up again and we addressed her. Then she popped her head up again and we addressed her more firmly this time. Why? Because we love, we're responsible for the rest of the sheep. What Korah, what Jezebel would do, Jezebel, if there is a spirit of Korah in, the, in, the, in your congregation or in your house or in your business, Jezebel will expose Korah because Jezebel will try to partner up with Korah because Korah is a spirit of rebellion. These are men these are men, let me get back there, okay. These are men who are hidden reefs in your love feast. When they feast with you without fear, caring for themselves, clouds without water, carried along by winds, autumn trees without fruit, doubly dead, unrooted, wild waves of the sea, casting up their own shame like foam, wandering stars for whom the black darkness has been reserved forever. It was also about these men that Enoch, talk, everybody remembers Enoch, right? He was the one that, uh, got, he pleased God and he was raptured. It says, in the seventh generation of Adam, he prophesied, and listen to what it is he prophesied. And he says, behold, the Lord 
came with many thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment upon all and to convict all the ungodly of their ungodly deeds, which they have done in an ungodly way, and all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are grumblers. Who's the one who's talking about the ungodly and, and spoken all these things against him? What does it look like? They are grumblers. They're fault finders. They're, they follow after their own lusts. They speak arrogantly. They're flattering people for the sake of gaining advantage. So they flatter people to, for the sake of gaining advantage. So if you want to know, if you are hanging around people who, who operate like Cain, operate like Balaam, operate like Korah, operate like Jezebel, I'm, I've shared with you some of the descriptions that you will see, some of the characteristics you'll see. The grumblers, they're fault finders. They're, they follow the, after their own lust. They speak arrogantly. They're flattering people for the sake of gain or advantage. So we talked about, we talked about uh, Jezebel a little bit. We're going to talk about her more. We talked about Korah. We talked about Cain. And we talked about Balaam. Now, let me tell you about another one who rides shotgun with Jezebel. Ash, Ash, uh, Ashbalon. Absalom, he was one of David's sons. He, he is one, some of the characteristics of Absalom, Absalom is very manipulative. He's deceiving. He's full of pride. He is rebellious. He, he has distrust for leadership. He or she would display distrust for leadership. They are self-sufficient, disloyal. They have hidden agendas hidden alliances, false humility. They are, all this is rooted out of bitterness. They're, they manipulate people, again, for their own gain. And they make themselves leaders. They make themselves leaders, not, the prop, not by proper authority. People, and this is the thing you got to understand about an Absalom spirit, are people, it, a lot of people who have been in the body of Christ. They may want direction in ministry, but they don't want any correction from ministry. Did y'all hear that part? People may want direction in ministry, but not correction from ministry. The real test of correction is, is not in direction. You can, they'll accept your direction, but the moment you give them correction, they don't handle correction. They won't receive correction at all. Why? Because they believe they know best. Now, if I was the leader, this is what this is some of the things that you'll hear people who operate in this spirit of Absalom. If I was the leader, I would do what? If I was the leader, I would do this. I'm going to tell you how this person, how Jezebel will use this person. If you was in charge, you would be much better. If you was in charge, I know you would do it this way. If you was in charge, the, what is, what's the whole goal? What's Absalom's goal in saying this, if I was the leader, I would do, is to poison the minds of those who are close to you to divide the house. 
So what would they do? They would, they, would, they would say things like that to poison the minds of those who are close to you to divide the house, whether it's in, in ministry, whether it's in your house, whether it's in your employer, whether it's in your government. We actually seen that happen in our government a few weeks ago. He, his whole agenda and the whole, their whole party was to divide the people, divide the people in their, in their own house. They undermine leadership. So anyone who's operating in the spirit of, of Absalom undermines the leadership. Now, Korah on hand, Korah was one, he actually opposed leadership through accusations to pull people away from their assignment. Absalom will use people. He will actually say stuff to try to pause in the mind of people to divide the house. Korah will actually speak, lead, speak accusations against leadership to pull people away from their own assignments to follow after him. I've seen that happen too. I've seen people who have come in, come to the Lord, come to churches, they come to the church, they are on fire for God. They are serve, following after them. Then Korah perks his, their heads up. Now you gotta understand, Korah, I mean, yeah, Korah is one who is part, maybe part of your leadership team. But Korah has their own agenda. I don't like what's going on. If I was in charge, this is what I would do. If I, if, you know what, you know what? This person did this, I didn't like that. This person did this, I didn't like that. They did this, they did that. And guess what they're doing? trying to do? They're trying to get enough support to pull you away out of your assignment to follow after them. Can I tell you what happened to Absalom when he, he revolted against his father, David? He, he, he got to where he thought he wanted to be for a season, but at the end, it cost him his life. Korah did what he did to try to come up against Moses and Aaron in, in Numbers chapter 16. He, he actually got people together, other leaders, 250 other leaders of the congregation together, chosen men of the assembly, men of renown. He got them together to rise up against Moses and Aaron. What did Moses and Aaron do? They went, they, they bowed, and they began to pray for them. And then God said, this is what I want you to do, Moses and Aaron. Separate yourself from them. Separate yourself from them. Separate yourself from them. What did God say about, about, uh, about Jezebel? He told the church, one, you need to stop allowing her and then turn and repent, which is another word for her. separate yourself from her. Separate yourself from her. And I know personally, I will tell, tell you this. A year ago, Jezebel picked, popped her head up. Dealt with them. Jezebel popped her head up again. We dealt with her again, a little bit more firmer. The third time she popped her head up and then she really got dealt with and then she was shown the door with this thing in mind, if you repent, we, you're welcome, but you can't come here like that. Not because we didn't love her, still pray for them and their family every day, but responsible for the sheep. What do you tell the sheep? Sheep, don't allow yourself to get swooped by that. 
Did they listen? No, they did not. What happened when they didn't listen? They once thought that they were leading her. She turned them and they don't know it. So what did God do? Gave a space of one year, one year for Jezebel and those who followed and coerced and got together with her to turn, turn, turn. And he kept saying across the pulpit and words of knowledge, words of wisdom and across the pulpit, turn, turn, turn. And they would not. Because you got to understand with Jezebel, her whole thing is about control. She has to be in control. She, she seeks to bring fear. She manipulates. Typically a Jezebel has a Jezebel spirit, not a female particularly, but a Jezebel spirit is, has a religious spirit. They hate authority, anybody's authority. They have false humility. They have impure motives. They will talk to you one minute, you were the best thing, you're the best thing, you're the catch me out, you got it going on like Donkey Kong. The next minute, they trying to tell you how many different ways you need to change. We, I, you, if you make this adjustment, if you, you know, they, they don't associate with anybody's church for long unless they can get the leader to turn in the direction they want them to go. They pray. Now, Jezebel spirit will pray on the weak-minded. If you are not solidified on the things of God, Jezebel will pull you away off the thing. And she'll convince you that you still follow on God. She can't receive correction. If you're, because I know when we, now we've had a Jezebel, we've had Jezebel pop up in the mail before. We've had Jezebel pop up in a female who belonged to another church who came to our church before. And then we've had Jezebel pop up in our congregation as a, as a, as a, as a, but all you got, when you begin, it's the thing about what people don't understand. When you are praying for people every single day, you can see their hearts, even when they are not saying it out of their mouth, you can see their heart. And then when you see something, father, what do I do? Pray. He said, because I'm giving them a period of time to turn. She, she is, her, her whole thing is rooted out, her actions is rooted out of fear and insecurity and inferiority. She or he, anybody who's, who's under this Jezebel spirit, their whole goal is to manipulate leaders and to gain unrighteous control. Now, her ultimate goal, the spirit, anyone who is, who is even influenced by or led by our, our, yeah, led by a spirit of Jezebel, this is the ultimate goal is control, which is something the leader allows them to do so that they, so that they can get their own wishes. So she will try to gain control, but she can't get control unless a leader allows her to do it. They hate righteous authority and will always seem to fill voids of authority. It takes real righteous authority to oppose the Jezebel spirit. And if it's not the Jezebel, if it's not 
righteous authority, then what will happen? Je Jezebel spirit will take over. They are always self-proclaimed. They have to have control, but they don't control with, with having those. Well, the only way she can control is if she has people who will allow them to allow her to control them. Signs of a person who is influenced by the Jezebel spirit is insecurity, pride, rejection, arrogance, manipulation, control. They are wounded, so they try to control everything around it. Did y'all hear that part right there? The reason why the door to, to the Jezebel spirit is when you are wounded, they will try to control everything around them. They're usually rejected by their fathers are led by a controlling mother. It's, it only has power as long as you tolerate her. So she only has power, or that spirit only has power as long as you tolerate it. Now, John 10, 10 talks about this, that the thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Let me tell you the three things that, that Jezebel tries to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Number one, she wants to steal your peace, your joy, and your confidence. So she wants to steal your peace, joy, and confidence. Number two, she wants to kill you with sickness and accidents. She wants to kill you with sickness and accidents. And number three, she wants to destroy you with depression and fear. And in each time I've ever seen the spirit of Jezebel rise up, it's always followed by those three. The people who she is influenced, who are influenced by her, who yield themselves to her, who allow her to do things, who allow and get them off in the era. We got people right now who won't even, won't even walk, crash through a door, won't even pop, pop through a door because something that has nothing to do with the Bible. Foolishness. What do you do about it? When you realize there's a spirit of Jezebel, what do you do? You got to address it. You address it in the person. Talking about the spirit, you address it in the person. And then if, if, that, per if that person is on your leadership team, what do you do? You remove him or her from their leadership position unless they repent. If they won't repent, you have to remove them from any place of influence with you. Even if that means you got to tell them, hey, when you, for right now, until you, till you make a decision that you want to line up uh, and uh, uh, walk with us as, as opposed to doing backroom deals behind, man, I'm sorry, you got to hit the, you got to hit the stove. We'll pray for you. We'll pray. We'll still pray for you. We pray for people who started with us three years ago. They may not even be with us today. We still pray for them today. Why? Because they're still members of the body of Christ and we still want God's best for them. But we will not tolerate, not for a second. You pop up that, we notice that spirit of, Je that spirit of Jezebel operating in you. We will, we will come to you and talk to you. We will counsel every member who's, who's, who's ever called this their home we've counseled with them at some point in time. All the way when we was in Wakefield up until today. 
And, and if we try to come to you and you resist correction, we're only going to talk to you about the word. We don't beat people down. And, and most leaders are afraid. If I talk, if I give the people correction or if I to point these things out, then they will stop coming and they will stop giving. They're not walking in line with you anyway. So what you losing? God is our source, not a man, not a woman. God is our source. Jezebel will always attack leaders. Why? Because they lead people to righteousness. And she hates that. She wants to get you off in the era. Because remember, she's a it's a religious spirit. Or it's going gonna, it's gonna to lead you off into error. And because she knows you don't know the word, and because, or even if you know the word, she's not concerned about you ever doing the word, she will lead you into error. Or they will lead you into error. I know people right now, they got, they got upset because they got checked about, about this in this very area. They don't go to anybody's church. You know what people who operate in that spirit do? When they won't, can't get their way in the house, They'll develop a, a situation outside of the house and then they'll try to raise up their own situation. But you're only dealing with people who are like-minded. So what are you going to get? The same result. You know what they're ever going to do for the kingdom? Because God said, go and make disciples based off of the word of God, not based off of that other crazy that you got going on. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, Jezebel, still talking about the Jezebel spirit. All this, all this really comes down to, to this. Jezebel would typically, and I'm going to tell you when Jezebel would typically attack you, right after a great victory, when you're tired, or when there's a church that's being planted. Why? Because they figure the people don't know them yet. Nobody, they haven't heard about them yet. They haven't seen, they haven't been around them long enough. But it doesn't take long for a Jezebel to pop to pop up. It doesn't take long for Korah to pop up either. Absalom doesn't take long. Absalom always wants to be close to you because they want to be close to you because they have a hidden agenda. Where does the attack come from? When you get attacked by a Jezebel spirit, typically it's going to come from a friend or someone who's trying to be your friend. They love you. The person might even love you, but the spirit behind them hates you. Let me give you a couple of ways that Jezebel, it manifests. How does this attack manifest? It first manifests through fear. Uh, for the sake of time, uh, yeah, we're going to say it. Okay. Let's, say, let's talk about it. First Kings chapter 19. I've given you a lot of information tonight. But I'm telling you, spirit of Korah is in operation in houses, in churches, in companies, in governments right now. Korah's whole thing is to rebel. It's a spirit of rebellion against the God leadership that he puts in place. Absalom. Absalom is one who uses other people because his ultimate goal is to establish his own deal. He would he will use them, but if they don't go along with the very people who, who don't who he's called, if they don't go along with him, 
he will kill them too and take them out. He, he's only concerned about one thing, number one. Cain is a murdering spirit. Jezebel is a controlling one. She wants to control. She will manipulate. She will lie, cheat. She will use fear. We see this in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 1, talking about uh, Elijah, the prophet. It says, now Ahab told uh, Jezebel all that Elijah had done. He had just killed 850 uh, false prophets the day before. But he hears that Jezebel, uh, Ahab went and told Jezebel about what all Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a, sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so may the gods do to me even as mo or more if I don't make your life as one of, of them by tomorrow about this time. And he was afraid and arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah and left his servant there. So she threatened him. This, this, this woman whose name was Jezebel, who was actually under the influence of, a, of this controlling spirit, threatened him. And the prophet who had just killed all these people, he ran in fear. What else happened to him? Depression set in. What's another way that the Jezebel spirit attacks you? Through depression. It says here in, in verse number four that, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down a juniper tree under a juniper tree and requested for himself that he might die and say, it is enough now, O Lord, take my life for I am not better than my father's. Now, because he was under the attack from this, from this Jezebel spirit, he got off into fear. He got off into depression. He got off into fatigue. It says in verse number five and six, how he laid under and slept under the juniper tree and behold, there was an angel touching him. And he said to him, arise, eat. Then he looked and behold, there was at his head, a bread cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and lay down again. What did he do? He was, he was tired. He went to sleep. So when you're under a attack from a Jezebel spirit, you're going to experience fear. You will have depression. You may be experiencing fatigue. You also may we'll talk about sickness. Remember, it says this in Revelation chapter 2, verse 22. Behold, I will throw her on a bed of sickness, and those who commit adultery with her also into great tribulation, unless they repent of the, her deeds. So you might end up in sickness. You might end up into immorality or adultery. That's also in Revelation chapter 2, verse 20 talking about how you tolerate our loudest woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, and she teaches and leads my bond service astray so that they can commit acts of immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. So you're seeing that you can, when this Jezebel spirit is attacking you, it will cause you to get off into fear. It can cause you to get off into depression. You can become fatigued. You can experience sickness. Uh, immorality or idolatry and this is a thing about a someone who's under the attack of a Jezebel spirit is even either being led by the Jezebel spirit or influenced by Jezebel spirit they're always repeating or rehearsing their speech
If you look at Elijah, Elijah kept saying over and over, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of, of hosts, for the sons of Israel have forsaken your, your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword, and I alone am left, and they seek my life to take it away. Then God tells him to go, and he says, hey, you know, go into this mountain, and I'm going to, he said, there was a wind, there was fire, there was an earthquake, and God was not in any of those. And then, then when Elijah seen this, what did he do again? He said the exact same thing again, because the Lord asked him this question, what are you doing here, Elijah? And that's what we ask people, what are you doing here? You're out of position. You're out of position. You have allowed yourself to be drawn away. You have been deceived by the Jezebel spirit. The Jezebel spirit has exposed the rebellious spirit on the inside of you. I have seen it. I've seen people come and sit down in the chairs and you can see and hear the rebellion in their voice to the point that they can't receive correction from anyone. You have seen it, people with the Absalom spirit. It is happening in the houses and all across. And I've talked to other pastors across this nation and other parts of the world who are seeing the exact same thing playing out in the church today. So what do you do about it? What are you going to do about it? This is what we're going to do about it. Number one, number one, we're, we're going to, well, there's, there's four things we're going to do. One, we're going to repent for allowing this person, and this is what you're going to have to do, repent for allowing this person to operate and and you're allowing this person to operate, and then you receive forgiveness. Number two, we're going to break the spirit spoken over the church and over the families. And number three, we're going to tell the spirit to go. And number four, what we're going to do is we're going to release the person or people from places of authority in the church. So we we what we what we do is if we peep this in you and we've been talking to you, talking to you, talking to you, and you are still hell bent on going your way, we don't get upset with you. We love you all the way to the door. Why? Because you're not here to help us help the ministry or help carry out the assignment that God gave you in the first place. You have become a hindrance. And why are we sure? Why are we doing it? Because it helps. It, one, it covers the sheep. Why? Because this is what Hebrews 13, 17 says. It says, obey your leaders and submit to them. For they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Anybody who stands behind the desk, whether they know it or not, whether you're leading a little small group or whatever the case may be, you are going to give an account for what it is you let, what you gave God's people. But here he's talking about leaders. Leaders, he's telling, he's telling the people, obey your leaders, submit to them. What is that? Obey and submit. What is what is what is Absalom, Korah, Cain, Balaam, and Jezebel all have in common? They all rebel. They all rebel. So the word of the Lord says, obey your leaders and submit to them. Why? 
because they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account because we will. Let them do this with joy and not with grief for this would be unprofitable for you. So you not obeying or submitting to those who are in authority over you and not allowing the people to be able to do it with joy and peace and without grief, it's not profitable to you. So what are the four things we said we were going to do? First of all, we're going to repent. Second of all, we're going to break his spirit, spirit spoken over the church and over the families. We're going to tell the spirit to go in the name of Jesus, and we're going to release the people from authority in, in the church. I, I had a friend, he was going through a situation with his church. People on his board decided to cut the food. Elite, well, it was one guy who was doing it, but everybody was so afraid of him, nobody would have him removed. And the church was probably on their fourth pastor. And the churches were, the people was tore up and the church would not grow. Because of the, because of the foolishness, because they allowed it. The people allowed it. My bishop, uh, Bishop Keith Butler, he, he don't allow it. He will deal with you right there. He will deal with you. He will try to work with you, but you cannot just let people run, run, run shy. When I was in Alabama, my pastor down there, Pastor Reginald Gibbs, he would not tolerate it. Why? Because you love the people. You even love the people who are, who are under, under this manipulation, but you want to love them to life, not tolerated. So I, I will tell you at Ignite, we do not tolerate it. We'll work with anybody, but if, you, if, you, if it perks up and it, it's revealed to us that you got that going on in your life, we'll talk to you. But see, this is the thing, you can't counsel uh, someone who is who is being led by Jezebel spirit, you want to know why? Because she can't receive correction. Absalom won't see, receive correction. Korah wouldn't see receive correction. Cain, Balaam wouldn't see receive correction. What happened? What did they all have in common? They all died without fulfilling their purpose. This is, so God told me to let you know, you have been served. Notice. Who am I talking about? Spirit of Jezebel, the spirit of Korah, the spirit of rebellion, the spirit of murder, the spirit of manipulation. You have been served. And for anybody else, who wants to operate in those spirit. And if you think I'm talking about you, I am. Cause he have God's eyes like Lord. He said, you've already talked to them time and time and time and time again. He says, this is going to grow out across the airways. And there's going to be people on the other side of it who are going to get set free. I said, okay. So are you ready? We're going, we're going to do the four things we said. We're going to repent. We're going to break the spirits. We're going to tell the spirits to go, and then we're going to release those persons who are under, who are from authority in the church. 
under the influence of this. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we repent before you now, Lord. We repent for allowing the spirit of Jezebel, the spirit of Korah, the spirit of Absalom, the spirit of murder, the spirit of rebellion. Father God, we, we repent for allowing it to operate in people, in, in, in our home, in our families, in our churches, Father God, in our ministries, on our workplaces, in the name of Jesus. And we repent of it right now, and we receive your forgiveness right now in Jesus' name. And we're going to break spirits spoken over the church and family and tell the spirits to go in Jesus' name. If you want to join in this, this is what we're going to say. This is what I say. I'm going to declare this over you right now in the name of Jesus. I take authority right now over the Jezebel spirit and rebuke the Jezebel spirit and the Lord rebukes you in Jesus name. I rebuke every spirit of fear, insecurity, inferiority, rejection, division, controlling, manipulative, sicknesses, uh, immorality and adultery in Jesus name. And I rebuke you and cast you out and command you to go in Jesus name. You have no place of authority. You have no place of authority in our lives or in our churches. And I break and sever every word, every curse and every spell spoken against us and spoken against our marriages and spoken against our families and our children and spoken against our churches we where we pastor and I break and sever every word and curse and spell and plan and demonic scheme against the church of the living God and Lord we receive your power we receive your anointing, we receive your forgiveness, and we receive your deliverance right now. In Jesus' name, amen and glory be to God. And we believe that we receive and that it is done and that is so. In Jesus' name, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Now, you ask the question, what gives you the authority to be able to do those things? Well, in accordance to Luke, Chapter 10, verse 19, he says this. He says, I give you power to trample upon serpents and over scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you because we're, children, we're sons of God, because we're in the kingdom of God, because we have been born again, we can say unto a mountain, mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the future and be thou cast into the sea and doubt not in our hearts, but believe that we were, that those things which you say shall come to pass. We will have whatsoever we say. That's what he told us to do. That was my assignment today. He says, beginning next week, we're launching into a brand new session, a brand, and you're going to see how it's going to be different. We're going to focus on teaching people the kingdom of God, how to operate it, what it is, how to operate it in your everyday life in a practical way so you can see the results of God in your everyday life. We're also going to teach people about the love of God because it does us no good to teach you about the kingdom of God if we don't teach you about the love of God because God is love. He doesn't just have love. He is love. And we're going to take our time. So we're, we're reaching out to those who are, 
who, hey, you may you may know God, but you don't really know God that well. You may know not, not know God. You might have grew up in church, but you walked away from church. Or you, you ain't trying to go to nobody's church because all them church people you see have been crazy. This is not going to be like, this is not going to be your typical church. So if you're looking for a typical church where, you know, we sing a few kumbayas and all that good and tell you some, you know, teach, give you a motivational message and all that to tickle your ears and everything, I will teach you how to live life according to the kingdom of God, according to God's way of doing things. So you can see results in your life. We're not going to be here to beat you down, drag you down, tear you up, beat you down. Remember who God loves. He corrects and he corrects with his word out of love. Everything we said tonight is out of love. Not mad at anybody, not upset with anybody. Our whole goal is to love you to life. Why did Jesus tell the church of Thyatira that? Because he loved them. Because he loved them. He could have just left them in their mess. But because he loved them, he told them this is what you needed. This is what's going on. This is what you do really, really well. This is where you need, this, these are some things that you need to tighten up. And if you make the adjustments, this is what's on the other side. That's what this message was about. Hey, these are, man, y'all, a lot of things, great. Woo! But these are the areas that are creeping in, in, in houses, creeping in churches, creeping into governments, creeping in all kinds of places. And he says, if somebody doesn't say anything, they're going to go, they're going to fall away. They're going to keep going further and further and further and further away from the truth and fall off into darkness. And when they do, because you as a leader, I showed you, I told you, and you still wouldn't warn them. Their blood is going to be on your hand. I work for the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I work for almighty God. I'm submitted to God first. I'm not a political advocate. This church is not a political advocate. If you're looking for a political advocacy for whatever nation you're in, this is not the church. We are a political advocate for the kingdom of God only. If we talk about stuff that's going on in the government, it only because they're going counter parallel to what's going on in the kingdom of God. And we will teach you God's way of doing things so you will know how to respond to it. But if you come and all you want to talk about politics, you might as well say on the other side of the door. That is not what we're about. That, Jesus was not about that and neither are we. I will help you, but I will not spend all my time focusing on that. Why? Because if I only, if I only parrot what's already going on, but I don't teach you how to counteract it according to the kingdom of God and tell you what your assignment is going out there to lead people who are in darkness to the light based off of the kingdom of God, I have done you a disservice. I refuse to do that. People have gotten upset. People have left because I won't do that. People have gotten upset because we, we, there are some things that we have to conform to. You know what I tell them? I love you. I'd love for you to stay. But if you got to go, God bless you. The blood of Jesus over you. See you next time. See you down the street. Hey, you won't get together for coffee. Even if, you, if people who have left the church before, we still go out. We still go out to coffee with them. We do coffee with them. Tea. Juan does the coffee. I'll drink tea with you. I'll break bread with you. I'm not mad at you. I'm not your Holy Spirit. But if you come in here, there's only one vision. And if, there, if I see that there's more than that going on, 
I'll talk to you, and then I will, sh I will hug on you, exit stage left. So why we say all that? Remember, because God loves you. How, how much did God love you? He demonstrated his love towards you. And according to John chapter three, verse 16, it says, the God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I'd like to give you an opportunity to, to partake of that tonight. Everything that we're doing, you have to receive. You have to partake of it. How do you partake of it? Romans chapter 10, verses eight, nine, and 10 says this. The word of God is near you, even in your heart and in your mouth. That is the word of faith, which we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. <laughs> but with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So pray this prayer after me. Say it out of your mouth, mean it from your heart. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ is the son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. I repent of sin. I'm sorry, Lord. I receive your offer of forgiveness. I believe I'm born again. I'm in right relationship with you, Lord. I receive the spirit of the Holy Spirit. I receive your love right now. I've come out of darkness into your marvelous light. I surrender to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you pray that prayer for the very first time, we're gonna welcome you, welcome you, welcome you back into right relationship, welcome you back into the kingdom, welcome you back into right relationship. Now, what do you do now? Man, you got to find a good word-based church which will teach you about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, teach you about the kingdom of God, help how to operate according to the love of God. Man, we believe Ignite is that house for you. So we're going to be here every Saturday at 5 p.m., whether online or, or in person at 5 p.m. each week. And we love for you to come join us and have a good time, fellowship with us. Let us hug your neck real good, tell you how much we love you and appreciate you. Thank you for joining us. Also, if you're too far away and you can only catch it, you're, you're working on Saturday nights and you're not able to watch the broad, uh, attend it live, man, catch us online. Man, we love to have, have you uh, subscribe so on YouTube, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, whatever it is. Look on the website. We have a website, ignitetolife.com. We love to have you join it. Or you, if you're too far away, you're in another country, Man, just look us up on, on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Chrome Podcast, Google Podcasts at ignitetolife.com. That is Ignite to Life uh, Podcast. We'd love to see you there. Now, on behalf of Minister Juin and myself and the entire Ignite Nation, we want to thank you for joining us tonight. We'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.